When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh dear. Oh dear, I have to call mum. I've been listening to 80s music all day long. I don't know what to do. Where did I put that number? Jeez. Oh, oh goodness gracious, here we go. Mum, with this digital age, we'd never have to remember any phone numbers. And Mum, I can't even read. Somebody bring me my glasses. Oh, here we go. Mum's phone number, 555-555-555. Mum, I don't think that's right. You didn't give me the bloody correct number. Oh, here we go. Oh, speed dial one. (laughs) Of course. I've got to put the music down because Mother never likes me. She never approved of the music I loved. 80s music all the way. Got something to tell her one of these days. Little bag one day, she won't be here. Okay. Hello, Charles. This is your mum. Oh. oh. Mummy, oh, how are you, mummy? What, what, oh. What's that noise in the background? Are you listening to oh. music? Charles, I'm listening to Queen right now. Fat bottom girls is on. I just Oh, mother, but how could you? How could you? You've never let me listen to that music when I was a little boy. Oh, that's because you was always wearing girls, bouncing girls' outfits, and I didn't want you to be queer. Enough of that. But, mother, that wasn't my fault. Charles, please. You and your brothers would play dress-up, and you were always the broad. I never understood... Oh. I don't know what Diana's seen in you. You are a twit. Oh, fat bottom kills. You make the rocket world. <laughs> I just feel so giddy, Charles. Oh. I've had a couple of mixed drinks and oh, I'm feeling Bloody right. hell, mother. Okay, well, that's not the reason I was calling. I was calling to let you know that I had to fire everyone in the landscaping team as they did not oh. find those secret letters that uh, we hid, you know where. Well, I don't understand why you keep releasing people from good work. Mother, I've got to be honest with you. You know where we hid those secret letters? Nobody can find them anymore. This bloody team of landscapers hid them somewhere. Now they can't remember. I told you not to let anybody play with that dancing kind of weed. It's not tea. They're smoking it, Charles. Well, what do oh. we do then, Mother? Fat bottom girls, you make the rocket world. Oh, Mother, sing. turn that bloody thing off. <laughs> oh, stifle yourself, Charles. 
I think you need to take a trip back to the 80s with our good friends of capitalist boys to start with shine. Oh, I love it. I love, love, love it. Welcome back to the 80s. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang, and we're with you once again every Friday to introduce the 80s to a whole new generation. We're bringing in the nostalgia and the memories during these challenging times. You know, we started this year not knowing or expecting anything really different than any other year. But since February or March of this year, we've been introduced to a new way of living. And and for the time being, back to the 80s can be a little moment of escape from it all. So I want to thank you guys. Thank everyone who follows us on Facebook as we've passed our 5,000 followers. And a big shout out to some really, really cool people that are listening to the show right now. I want to give a big shout out, especially to the mime of reason, to the man, the myth, the legend, who is always with me, the Chang. Hello and goodbye, (laughs) Toscano. It is always great pleasure to sit beside the greatest Italian individual I've ever met besides Chef Boyardee. (laughs) Oh my God. I have his picture all over my kitchen cabinet work. Do you really? And I just, of course, I'm a big Chef Boyardee fan. I also like the movie Ratatouille. That's how much I love the Italian food. You know, Chef Boyardee was uh, really big in the 80s. Convenient, you know. Uh, Very convenient. Now, now, do you like the way that I brought that into the show? Because this is a show that we do, the No Fraud Podcast of Back to the 80s, which all of our content is that of the 80s, is it not, Toscano? I mean, every rock we turn over, it has some type of a mildew or a mold <laughs> 80s mildew. from the 80s. And yeah. when, I, when, I, when I bring up 80s mold and mildew, I just have to think of that, good God, that Choose Life shirt by, by Wham. That was one of the most <laughs> repulsive shirts I think I've ever seen. Oh, but you got to give it up there. to Wham. You got to give it up to Wham, you know, and we'll we'll get into Wham one of these days. And, uh, you know, we, we all know how much of a fan you are of Wham. Well, I'll give it up to you, George Michael. Mad respect for George Michael. I always felt that George Michael would have been an excellent replacement uh, for Freddie Mercury when he passed to join Queen. I remember seeing the uh, the tribute show, and to me, that uh, that entire show, uh, I was taken by all the performers that uh, did tributes to Freddie, but I was most taken by George Michael's uh, version that he did that e- that evening. I think. Yeah, wow, he was pretty incredible. I mean, he had the mustache and the black hair with bangs going. I mean, he was almost a Freddie Mercury. Yeah, he was. Lookalike. Yeah, he was in more than yeah. one way. I want to give a big shout out to a few names here. And uh, yes, so you'll have to pardon, but the list is a little lengthy. But you know what? These people are listening to us today. And I want to remind you that if you want your name mentioned here and as a big thank you, go ahead and, uh, you know, send us a direct message by way of Facebook, 
and we will mention your name on air. But in the meantime, I want to give a big shout out to Kwa, to Ilan, to Nyan, to Mr. Mark Hernandez, to Mike Carlos, to Fiona Daniels, and to her brother Liam. I want to give a fantastic thank you and a fantastic shout out to Big Johnny. We're going to go down the list of J's. I got uh, a big shout out to Johnny. Hey, what's up, Jake? What's cracking, Jason? Orale, Sarah, Jan, how you all doing? You hanging tough? Thanks for joining us. Toscano, I, I think before uh, we end our shout-out, we have to give out uh, some shout-outs to some areas on the globe that are listening to us that are going to probably floor our average listener wondering, how the heck is anybody out there listening to these bozos? I want to give a shit uh, uh, a shout out <laughs> to the United. <laughs> I want to give a big shit out to Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, no shit out of luck. Good thing you're editing that. <laughs> I don't know if you're editing that. <laughs> I want to give a big shout out to the United Kingdom. Uh, I want to give a shout out to all my beautiful women up in Germany. That's right, so women's day, sizzling hot. I also want to give a big shout-out to everybody in Austria. How are you? Everything is going great for me over here. Even though I'm not your governor, it doesn't matter because everything is great and I'm working out. I want to give a big shout-out to everybody from Australia who's listening to us. Mm. From South right, Australia right. to New South Wales to Queensland, even to the Capital Territory there in Australia. So a big, big shout out. And if you're from the Hindley Street Country Club, all the musicians and singers, our hats off to you. Thank you for listening, for being part of Back to the 80s, both listening and bringing us the awesome music that you guys do. Thank you, guys. Right on. A, a big old fantastic thank you from me also, kids. I also want to give a big shout out to Mexico and to Argentina, to Italy, to Ukraine, to Russia, to Israel, who's listening to us. Namibia, there's people from Africa listening to us. I mean, there's Remember, people brother, all over the globe. We've got people from Ireland. we got people from Spain and Poland. we got a couple of cats from France. That's right. France is listening to Toscano and Chang and back to the 80s. And I'll guarantee they are on the dance out in France. And we're going to be giving a special shout-out every single week to mention and to right. thank you guys for listening. In the meantime, we've got a terrific show for you guys today as we're going to be talking about how we used to listen to music, watch movies, and celebrate life in general. How the analog age is almost gone and has been taken over completely almost by the digital age. So stick around yeah. because Toscano and Chang and Back to the 80s is coming right back. We never stop. Never stop. Not even when it hurts. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Non stop. Unforgettable memories from the 80s. Back, back to the 80s. All right, everybody, all you cats and kitties, you are back in the swing of things on the one and only No Fraud podcast show, Back to the 80s. And I am Chang, the co host with Toscano. And we are bringing you back, and today, like my good man said, we're going to be talking about the analog generation and how it's about to uh, kind of climb out of its uh, present status of uh, the way that we so-called did business to communicate and get uh, such type programming. Uh, now, Toscano, 
we both know that if it wasn't for uh, this, there would be no Toscano and Chang. That's right. Uh, this is also uh, it, it uh, kind of transcended from uh, I'd say early radio into where we are now. Would you not agree? I would definitely agree. The analog world as we once knew it, although it wasn't the best sounding experience for everyone at that time, the one thing it had going for it was it involved you. It involved me. We actually had to do something physically without having to rely on a machine completely to do everything and to produce the outcome that we wanted to 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 get. The right. digital age came to make things, yeah, a little bit easier in some areas, of course, but in some others, right. brother, it has overcomplicated things. And and I want us to go over some of those things that either have been overcomplicated or they're easier now or they're, they were easier back then. So let's get into it. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Full throttle, front and center. All right. So back in the analog age of the good old 1980s, Mm. I can tell you one of the things that was much easier for me in general was making a phone call. Phone calls were yeah. just easier. Now, I know you're probably thinking, I mean, how hard can a phone call be? You just put your phone out, let it read your eyeballs, input a code, open up your phone, scroll through a bunch of screens, and then find the person and then just tap on the name and it makes the phone call. Well, all you had mm. to do back then is pick up the phone and dial the number. Yes. Do you remember yeah. the times when we actually remembered phone numbers? I mean, we had, uh, our brain was much more exercised than today. And oh, yeah. then we had so many phone numbers that we, you know, we actually needed what used to be called a phone book. <laughs> we actually wrote right. down people's phone numbers. But remember, that's when the Rolodex had its way on every desktop across the fine uh, modern-day world, whether it would be uh, your office Rolodex or your workplace Rolodex. Oh, the Rolodex my gosh. was uh, sacred. I remember sometimes when my father would go out of town, he would take his Rolodex with him. And I always thought, wow, now that's <laughs> something. Well, now, now you, you got you got to think about this. We have a lot of people who are from this generation that have no idea what a Rolodex is. Can you no, let everybody no. know what that is? Now, a Rolodex is a device uh, that it's a spinning mechanism. It's almost like you're spinning bingo balls. But uh, attached to it are, are little uh, manila color, colored uh, cards, and you could stick a business card, tape it to it, or the information off the business card you would write on that, and you would alphabetize yeah. these things. Yeah. And uh, you can go from A to Z uh, looking for just about anything that you needed to that was in your contact world that you had <laughs> well, going. See? see, brother, here's the big difference. You know the Rolodex. When I was a kid, uh, my dad's uh, Rolodex was a napkin. So he pulled out napkins from his wallet, folded up, oh, yeah. and he had people's phone numbers there. You know what, man? When I was doing stand-up comedy, I would do that a lot. I would write punchlines. I would not punchlines, but I would write a topic down on napkins, and then I would go home and scribble them in my book, and then I would write down probably, I'd say, 10 to 20 jokes on that topic. And it, it was funny because it, uh, my wife was always like, what are these, booger rags? No, they're valuable <laughs> jokes on there, potential jokes. They're my jokes. They're, it's money in the making. 
I used to tell you, this is going to pay for the greatest divorce you could ever get. <laughs> please don't throw this away. So, <laughs> number one, phone calls, yes. I believe, and I hope you would agree, phone calls were much easier to make back then in the analog age. But you know what else was great about the um, old day uh, phone calls? Hanging up felt so oh much gosh. better when he, you hung up on somebody. Here's the deal. When you were mad at somebody... One of the greatest feelings ever, and we know you're from oh, yeah. the 80s. If you're from the 80s, you know the feeling of that handheld device in your hand and you slamming it. Oh, yeah. Slamming it on, on the set and the feeling, the sound. Hey, the the mere experience of slamming that phone on somebody, if you felt good. You felt better. It was, it was almost as gratifying as saying dropping the ant bomb on somebody. <laughs> I told you never to call me here again. And that person on the other line knew, whoa. Or how about this one? On how me. about this <laughs> one of our favorites were, hello, we're calling to sell you your favorite National Geographic oh, magazine. Oh, oh. Bam, that's it. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. You know what I mean? Or if your girlfriend, well, I just wanted to go out with Michelle and the girls tonight. Go ahead. Fine. Pick up the phone angrily. <laughs> so definitely, phone calls were much easier back then. There's just too oh, much, yeah, too much involved nowadays. Plus, nobody can remember any phone numbers. I don't even. I barely remember my own phone number nowadays. Which, 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 which to goes check, to tell uh, you where we're going. Sometimes I have to check my own contact list, and I have to. I, I had to put myself on my contact list to, to know my own phone number. Yeah. You yep. know what's funny though. Nowadays, you can get and you can get mad at somebody when you're gonna hang up yourself, or you just go bleep, and they don't know if you hung up on them or you, lo you your signal dropped. Yeah, that's I mean, no, what's the, where's in, the fun in, in that? Limbo. Where's the fun yeah, in that? No, fun. no. You know? if if there's you're no mad, you know, if you're mad and, and you really want to make a statement that that you're mad and you want them to know, when you hang up, the only thing you can do is start dialing other numbers so they can hear. That's yeah. about it. Yes. You know what? Uh, I was talking to the doctors the other day because they called when uh, they gave me a call and asked when they were coming on our show again. I, I told them I had to clear it with you. We were talking about the same conversation here. Ah. Uh, the difference of uh, the old days when you had a phone uh, now to comparison to, to nowadays where you have your cell phone or you can talk uh, via Skype on whatever device you have. And uh, they were bringing up the same thing that uh, they thought back then. A lot of the hate phone calls uh, that uh, they would get called in were, That's right. were a little bit more uh, spicy yeah. as opposed to the the hate uh, conversations they have now. Yeah, and by the way, the doctors, the good doctors will be here with us on Back to the 80s next Friday. So stay tuned right. because you never right. know what love-hate letter they're going to receive. The funny thing about the doctors, Toscano, is we don't ever know if we're going to get more love or more hate. And That's I the great thing that, about it. Uh, that's the great thing about those guys. And it's a good thing we got them cheap. I mean, we really got them cheap over here. You know what? I think they feel sorry for us. And I think that to them, they are giving us therapy by being on here. But you know what? It's worth the Starbucks drinks that we have to kick them down for them. To it is. Wow. You give them Starbucks. I usually give them a coupon for, for refilling their five-gallon bottle of water at Ralph's. Well, they uh, they told me you do that, and they also told me that you give them old McDonald Christmas tickets. I do, and uh, I do. I've, I thought, wow, that's, I still have some from the eighties. That is both comical, and I thought, and uh, very well played out. Well, well thank well you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, another thing that was a lot easier back then, in my mind, was ordering food. Now you're going to attest oh, yeah. to this. 
because come on, don't tell me that it's easier to order food today than it was back in the eighties. Back in the eighties, when you wanted to order food, you went out and you ordered food. Right. Period. It's done. Right. You're done. Right. Or right. if you didn't want to go out, you picked up the phone. Well, actually, there was maybe one more step. You picked up that big yellow book if you didn't know what to eat, and you looked right. through the tons of places to eat in the restaurant section. Once you found your place, you dialed the number and you placed your order. And mm-hmm. guess what? You paid when you got to the location, or you paid cash right. when they delivered it. There wasn't no, right. I'll pay you with my credit card over the phone. Yes. But then again, now we see that a lot more now with the, the COVID epidemic that we're all up against. Uh, you, you know, a lot of people are, are ordering uh, in, so they're calling and they have to give them your information. You have to give them like your firstborn and every freaking credit card that you have and every PIN number that you have. Oh, yeah. Just get some ki- some type of food. You, you know, the funny thing about ordering food back then was you never knew what type of a language you were going to get on the phone. <laughs> That's when you right. Call yeah. Who knows restaurant. from where that person answering the phone is going to be from? You know, uh, it's funny because I remember when, we're, when we were doing Toscano and Chang and we would order from that takeout. Uh, Jimmy's takeout. From us, uh, yes, Jimmy's takeout. Now, I, wonder, I wonder if he's angry with us. He still thinks we owe him all this money. He says we and, owe him $500. Uh, How can you, you know and what? I eat $500 worth of one sitting? Uh, you know what? All I know, I think every time we order from him, he was bringing up $500. And, and, and I'm just wondering, I mean, how many kids of his did Toscano and Chang put through school for uh, I don't his takeout? I don't know. But ordering food certainly was, in my opinion, a lot easier back then. We didn't have to worry about anything. And the prices were a lot cheaper than today. I mean, look, prices are expensive today when you go out to eat. But when you order, right, right. when you order it becomes immediately 20 to $30 more on top of your bill. It's unnerving. You know, the hidden charge they give you nowadays to when you order something uh, over the phone and you have to pay with your credit card, you get all these uh, other hidden charges and you're like, wow, how I was, I can't believe I'm paying $147 for five hamburgers. How the hell did yeah. that happen? Yeah, you know, we ordered pizza uh-huh. just the other day. We ordered pizza right. and I said, okay, uh, is there is the tip included? No, it's not. So when I get the receipt, it says the pizza price, it says the the tax, and it says delivery charge and convenience fee. Wow. Can you tell me that none of those are the tip? Is that what they're, what you're trying to tell me? And they said, yeah, that's exactly what they're telling me. So I not only paid your convenience fee and I paid a delivery charge, which to me is a tip. Yeah. And then I still pay the tax. And on top of that, I paid for the meal. And now I still have to pay a tip. By that time, I have to pull out a mortgage. Yeah. You know what I usually do? And and they'll stand at my door and they'll be waiting for a tip. I'll tell them, oh, wait up. Let me get you your tip. And then I pretend I'm going into my pocket and I'll look at them. And I'm like, never deliver food to me again. Bye-bye. Good night. And I slam the door in their face. And there is their tip. That's that's just wrong. That's just wrong. Let's continue. Let's continue back in the day. What else was a little bit easier or a lot easier than today? And I'm going to tell you right out, video games offered an easier experience than today. However, however, although it was an easier experience, the games were harder than the games today. 
Yes, I agree. You know what else was easier? Phone sex back in the uh, 80s as, as opposed somehow, to today. Somehow I knew you would bring that one up. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, remember those 976 numbers back in the 80s? <laughs> well, they're not 976 anymore. They're $25 a minute. Back, back then they were like, you know, some of my friends would, would get caught because they would be calling those numbers. And then oh, their yeah, parent, they had no idea, you know, back then when you're a little kid, you have no idea that phone number is going to appear on the bill. And guess who's going to see that bill? Well, when oh, that yeah. bill says nine ninety nine a minute back in the 80s and you were on the phone for 15 minutes, yeah, yeah you're, you're going to get something coming to you. Somebody's going to spank something and it's not you spanking <laughs> anything on that phone call. I remember, man. Hey, do you, you know what's funny? You remember back in the 80s when... Uh, you get those late commercials like past eleven, yes, twelve o'clock, yes. where the adult commercials. Yep. Where you had you had some hot looking chick with eighties uh, <laughs> hair that would come and talk to you. And yep. hi, I'm Morgan. Call me. I want to have a good time. Remember all that? <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, those were those nine seven six numbers. Oh, but man, back to the uh, back to the video games. It was an easier experience, but the harder of the games. Today, you've got uh, uh, three billion video games. And oh, yeah. you have uh, the look of those video games looks almost real life. The stories, yes. now they have real actors doing the, the storylines. Yes. I mean, it's a full production. Video games today make more money than Hollywood does. Well, you can even get a headset with a microphone and you can talk to other people that are playing the game. And you guys are just carrying a conversation while, while you're out there reading the world of uh violent criminals yeah uh, being one yourself being one yourself you know you can just like drive down the, you could steal a car with grand theft auto you could steal a car get a gun could shoot a cop you could you could shoot innocent people insanity so so video games were definitely an easier experience back then yeah now television television itself i would say i don't know what you're gonna think but i think tv was is easier now it's easier to access the TV shows that you want, although it yeah, was yeah. easier back then to – well, it wasn't that it was easier. It was just you had less to choose from, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, I think that we had a better type of quali quality of uh, programming back in the 80s as opposed to nowadays. Today, uh, everything's kind of chaotic and crazy on TV now, a little bit more than unbelievable reality tv has taken over you don't see the classic sitcoms uh that were family oriented but yet hidden subliminal uh adult comedy uh type uh skit uh not skits phrases were used yeah, yeah. we don't see that we we don't see a lot of the uh variety type shows as sunny and share or uh like carol burnett which i'm going back to the 70s i realized right. You know, but even Saturday Night Live has, has totally changed from the 70s, 80s into to now. You know, one of the things that I remember, I remember one time, this was maybe 1981, 1982. Right. And I remember the, the salesman from the cable company came over and okay. he sat down in the living room. My my mom and dad were with him and my mom and dad got got his cable for the very first time because our next door neighbors had two channels. They had on TV, which required a box, and right, we had that. And they also had the second box, so they they were they were really rich because that second box was box was called Select TV. 
Yes, I remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember when my parents had that. Yeah, so we and, we, uh, we didn't have that. I'll never forget because he said, "Not only are you guys going to get your regular channels, you know, your two through thirteen, whatever that was, right, you know, your right. basic local channels, but on top of that, you guys are going to get one HBO and one Showtime." Oh wow. my gosh! In addition, you, we're going to give you for free MTV. And, oh, yeah, I remember that. And so for me to get two cable channels was just out of this world. I looked forward, you know, coming to school because they showed the greatest movies on HBO and Showtime. It was just fantastic. Nowadays, nowadays you have over 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 channels yeah, yeah. of nothing to see. Exactly. So It's insane, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So as far as much easier to get your programming, I would say television is much easier now, but it is a lot more complicated now. Much easier yeah. back then in the eighties because it was just a lot less, lot less TV. Period. You are listening to Back to the Eighties, so don't go away. You're listening to Back to the Eighties. This is a trick. Listen to the decade of decadence right here. Back, back to the 80s. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Back to the 80s. Toscano and Chang aboard here on this cruise ship. We're talking about uh, differences back in the 80s as, uh, as opposed to now. Today, uh, the topic of the show is we are discussing the analog generation and some of the changes that it has brought for the positive and a bit of the negative. Also a little bit of nostalgia of uh, where we all came back from this fine uh, era of the analog. I'm, I'm sure all, all of you remember on TV, Select TV. Uh, you remember MTV. I'm sure everyone here remembers uh, AM radio. Uh, I remember. I think everyone here remembers having a beeper uh, going back to the arcade. <laughs> Remember, if you had a beeper, you were like the happening kid. They didn't know if you were selling drugs. Or, or, or you were a surgeon, drugs. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were talking, uh, during the break, we were talking, and you brought up a valid point. You know, if we want to look at whose fault all this is for the decadence of humanity now, look at the people that grew up in the 80s, uh, both from a technological standpoint, and from a political standpoint, and everything else. Yes. Man, we have a lot to be blamed for. Anyway. It's, it's sad. It's sad. <laughs> but it was a great time. It was a great time. The age <laughs> of decadence. Time, bro. All right, so let's continue. What you, else was easier back then? And I'm going to see what you say to dating. Dating to me was much easier back then. I was talking to somebody oh, yeah. a while back ago, uh, a younger fellow, and he showed me his phone. He goes, can you believe now how we date? And he's looking through an app and scrolling through pictures yeah. of of women, and he clicks on the ones that he likes. And if he gets a response, you know, then they start talking, not going yeah. out, but then they start barely talking. And I go, "Are you serious? That's how it's done now?" He goes, "That's mm -hmm. how it's done now." And that was like a couple yeah. of years ago. So can you imagine yeah. how it is now? So I will definitely say that dating was much easier back then. You went oh, out, I you agree. saw, you saw somebody you you were attracted to, and. Are you are you ready? Younger generation, are you ready for this? This is how we did it. <laughs> we went out. We went straight to the person that we liked and we talked to them. Yeah. That's what? it. And we talked to them. What? 
What kind of chaotic concept is that? What are you asking me to do? To put myself on the line in person? Yeah. Where I can be shot down and ridiculed and taken advantage of? That is insanity. Yep. It was that easy back then. Right, Chang? I would I would much rather have the power now to to tap on little pictures. Yay, nay, nay, yay, nay. Nay, yay, nay. Yeah. And then oh. find out that the person that you liked, that you tapped on, is really a 320-pound gentleman. Yeah. Oh, that's always, that's always nice. You know? So the dating scene, I think, was definitely easier back then. Oh, I think so, too. But, but then again, you know, when, well, as we talk about this, conversation was the norm back then. Uh, you know, actual human contact. Yeah. was the best way to get to know people and meet people and have relationships, whether or not their boyfriend and girlfriend sexual or friendly. Nowadays, you know, it's really hard for a lot of uh, generations, well, the generations do so now because everything's at the tip of their finger. Yeah, and they're, again, it, yeah they're so attracted to their phones that yes. when it's, and they're so used to texting that when it comes time to actually talking to the opposite sex, when they want to ask somebody out, they have no uh, idea what to do. And if they happen to go out with that person, you've seen this at restaurants. You've seen a couple phone. and they're both on their phone. Now, yeah. are they texting each other? I mean, because uh, they're not looking at each other. I and, think they're having phone sex. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> or they're getting, uh, you know, advice from their best friends. What do I say now? Yeah. Anyway, dating. Yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous, bro. I mean, the human contact, the source of energy is gone nowadays. You know what I'm saying? It is. It, it, I remember, uh, man, dude, you know, when you ask for a, a, a chick to go out, your hands are all sweaty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you kind of like got those butterflies in your stomach. Uh, you, all you do is care about is uh, your hair in the same place. You know, How do you look? Are you wearing good clothes? Uh, do you have Cheetos in your mouth? Uh uh, d- did you shower enough and put deodorant at gym class? You know, nowadays <laughs> they don't have to worry about any of that crap, bro. That's right. That's right. Uh, how about travel? I would say travel is much easier now because you just have so much of it. I mean, back then waiting for the bus or waiting and not to mention taxis have always been expensive, but travel is just much easier now. Uh, pretty much everybody can afford a car. Pretty much anybody can afford some type of transportation. And now you have the ease of having <laughs> Uh, ride sharing, you know, Uber, Lyft, and all those companies yes. at your fingertips. So definitely much easier now. Listen, back then in the 80s, if you happened to be out of a party at 1, 2, or 3 in the morning and you were not in a good neighborhood and your ride left, I can tell you, you were scared out of your mind because you didn't have oh, a ride man. home. I remember those days getting uh, left off at a party somewhere in, a, in an area that's not uh, your own. You know, then you got to walk those streets to find uh, the 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 busier avenues to get your ass home, either on a bus or <laughs> uh, if there was, by God, a payphone out there. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I said it: a payphone. A payphone. Yep. <laughs> which is non-existent nowadays. Yep. So travel definitely much easier now. How about school? I would also say schooling and work is easier now because you have the luxury of, unfortunately, because of the COVID-19, now you can do stuff from home. Now, I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying easier, right? Uh, I'd say easier, yes, but I would also say it's not better. I think the kids uh, 
the, are lacking a very important, valuable aspect of life, and that is human contact. Yes, they need uh, it. You know, we all need it. You know, it, it's just so sad that we are strapped under the circumstances of the COVID. You know, but you know, we have people out there that either believe it or they don't. I mean, you know. Well, I'm not here to judge either side. I'll, I'm just saying that we do have people that are passing away. Yeah. I'm not all about arguing numbers, but uh, this is something that we definitely have to take serious, that we are, and is definitely something that is a hindrance to all of our personal lives. And I think we all have to remember that and maybe uh, act accordingly to try and get this as far behind us as we can. I so I, I think... You know, with the circumstances nowadays, has made a very, very difficult time in every avenue across the board on uh, humans interacting with each other. I would have so to I would have to say, right now is definitely the hardest uh, of times to do anything in that aspect, my brother. I agree. I agree. Now, as far as computers, computers, I could tell you that it was much easier back then, and it was the only reason it was much easier back then because there were less things to do on a computer. Yes, Period. yes, I agree. Today, yeah. I agree, computers make the world a little, a little easier, but they did not make it simpler. I can tell oh, you no, that computers is the hardest learning curve of them all because they are updating every so often. And now, oh, yeah. I mean, instead of being able to do like back in the 80s, you could do one or two things with a computer a certain way. Now you can do that same thing 250 million ways. Yeah, so insane. So much easier back then. Now, yeah. here's the one and last one, second to last one that we're going to talk about today uh, before we have our guest over, and that's radio. Radio, to me, for the listener, it was much easier back then as a listener because that's what we had. That's all we had. That was where we got our music and then where we listened to that artist, that, that song for our very first time. And we said, that's the one I like. And then you went to the music store and, and bought your record or your cassette and you were happy. Very simple, right? Right. However, was it easier for the people who worked at the radio station? I'm going to tell you that it's easier today because as, yeah. you know, as radio broadcasters, you and I, Chang, we know that back then it was Definitely, you did so much more in the analog oh, yeah. age. Now everything yeah. is just on a computer, and just click, 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 and you're done. Yeah. Uh, before you had to go get the actual LP or the, or, or album rather, or you had to go get uh, you know uh, drop it on a cart. You had to actually go get the apparatus that the music was on. Literally, put it on, press play. Uh, segue it in to uh, make it sound crystal clear without uh, dead air or any of your vocal going over the vocal of the song, which I think is an art, uh, seeing that you know both of us have, have done this. And I think uh, part of radio is missing that art where the jock can come in and kind of intro through the music or uh, you could put a quick sound bite in there. Uh, to kind of give uh, a little bit more feeling to the song or whatever you're going to crack that mic and say after. You got uh, that. As opposed to, to now at times, you know yep. what I mean? Well, what about music, brother? Do you think music was easier back then or easier today to listen to? 
you know what? There's a lot of bands uh, that I do like nowadays, but uh, the list of bands and the type of uh, music that they play doesn't add up to uh, the experience I got in uh, music uh, in the 80s and the 70s and the 60s and even the 50s. Although, you know, uh, music has always evolved like everything else. So music styles have changed, artists have changed, artist outlooks have changed. But as a way of getting the music, I definitely think it is easier nowadays because yep. you can go on Napster, you can download it. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say Napster? Yeah. I don't think Napster exists anymore. But yeah, I'm, I'm, my point with, with Napster, they were one of the ones that were robbing a lot of the artists. Oh, yeah, they're the originals. Yep, they're they are the original definitely the originals. And, and, and I, I was bringing it over. That was kind of one of the first wars where we had uh, people able to obtain music free, and it was giving a, a lot of problems to the artists, which I have to tend to go with the artists. I mean, you know, when you sign a record contract, you're there to make records. That's how you make your revenue. Yep. And if you have uh, if you have a, a, a syndication that's uh, over the Internet and they're giving your stuff away for free and you're not making that chump change or that you're not making that change, and you're not making a living and you're going to have to go out there and work a regular job and come up with this creative time. Yeah, that's a big kick in the, in, yep. in the ass. Yeah, and I remember, I remember when... When Napster did come out, everybody was so excited because now you can get music for free. And, yeah. and, uh, and do you, how about this? Do you remember back in the eighties? Do you remember music clubs like Columbia House? And, uh, oh, yeah. it was just a scheme to get you to sign uh, on there. Then they would get the collections company after you. They'd give you like 12 yeah. albums, 12, 10 yeah. to 12 albums for a penny or for a oh, nickel. Yeah, dude, remember that? And you were yeah. all excited. You got it. And then all of a sudden they got you on a monthly thing. A recurring yeah. bill, and a lot of people got their credit ruined by those people. But oh, yeah. here's what I wanted to say about that: I definitely believe that music is uh, the music uh, listening part is much easier today, of course. Right. But right. as far as being better for that experience of listening, better for the soul, I think back then was much much easier. Uh, it's easier today that. to get your hands on music, but back then it was much. It was much more of a fulfilled experience. And so that's what I want to talk to you guys a little bit about before our guest comes in. By the way, so, our, our, yeah, go ahead. So are you talking about the clarity of the music as it's being recorded onto a cassette, onto no, an it, album? Actually, onto a... actually, in general, and I'll, and I'll explain that. Uh, I, w I want to remind you guys that coming up next, we have a very special guest from the Anna Dialogue YouTube channel. And uh, this is the gentleman who has so much experience in the analog uh, uh, genre, in the analog world. And he's going to explain a little bit more and a lot better than I could ever do. But I do want to touch on two quick points here. You know, being that we are a program dedicated to introducing the 80s to an a new generation, I want, to rem I want to invite you guys to try this. You know, most people, most young people today, they'll listen to music, but they'll listen to it without listening to it, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. So they, they, they hear it, but they're not really listening to the experience. They're not, ex they're not getting that experience. For example, they're not listening to what the artist wanted to convey. 
they're not listening to the arrangements. You know, they're listening to a beat and a melody, period. And that's right. it. So, you know, so basically we're, we're talking about uh, almost like teenagers do with their parents. Right. They Pretty much. Kind of, uh, you know, the, uh, they just tone them out. Yep. They hear everything in the background, but they don't hear the message that's coming across that's going to give them the wisdom so that they get their little asses smacked uh, for doing something stupid. So I They wanna, do the same thing with music. I agree with you. Yeah, so have them do it. And, and if you maybe are from the 80s and you gave up on, on vinyl and cassette for whatever your reasons were, and yes, it is much easier to just put your headphones on and go to Spotify or Apple iTunes and and download music or, you know, what, wherever it is that you get your music from, Amazon. Yes, it's much easier. No question about it. But do you get the experience that you did back in the 80s? There was something about when your favorite song came on the air that made you get excited. I bet you now when you go to Spotify or Apple or wherever it is you find your music, I bet you don't get excited when you're listening to music. It's done. You don't get that excitement. Why? Because everything is just so easy, so accessible, and yet there is something missing. So I want to have you guys try these things. Try to listen to music for what it is. Listen to the entire album for once instead of individual songs. Because we've become so used to just picking a playlist or or just putting a radio, uh, a so-called radio station on streaming service and just letting it pick the songs for you rather than, okay, you like an artist, listen to that artist's entire album. Take a look at what the artist did in order to create that album. You know, what did they want to, what did they want to convey through it? Look at the, the, all the work that it took to make that album. See, that's all part of an experience. Right. I'll go even deeper on you on this. Uh, touching back on what you were talking about earlier, what I call the listener experience now is they listen with a dead ear. Uh, and, and and I'll explain what I mean by that. Uh, nowadays, I think music is cheapened uh, by the artist, by the writing, uh, by the form, the layout, the sound, the musical uh, content in music. Kind of is more poppy, uh, it's all very similar, and I, I, I believe that it's occurred that way for the dead ear experience because uh, listeners nowadays do not really listen to music uh, as they used to back then, but music is not brought out in the form and the emotion that it was back then. Yeah, and that's do, another uh, point too. Yeah, you're right. And the other point I would like to point out, and, and I, I, I agree with you on, on some points of, of what you just discussed, but I also know there are individuals that do still have that one song or a certain set list that they may pick up uh, on an FM, which is very hard nowadays to get really great music on, on terrestrial radio. But you'll be with somebody and go, oh, that's my song, oh, that's my jam. You know what I'm saying? But yet we're seeing the music that is being put out cheapened a little bit and easier for the dead air listener to grab it and put it into their mental catalog of everyday kind of blah kind of music yeah. because they're missing uh, the essence of what music was made 
and uh, kind of heard back then as a par uh, uh, as back into the eighties in the comparison to now. now. I don't know if you would agree with with uh, yeah, no, I I, I do, and as a matter of fact, I see a lot of us were never taught how to listen to music, and as no. the ages passed, the years you know went by, uh, we started getting. You know, we, we lost our records, we lost our CDs, we lost the cassettes and things like that. And now, because everything being so accessible, a lot of people don't even listen to music, period. No. So, it, I, yeah, I don't know right. if you've noticed that. Uh, a lot of people don't, they just, music is gone. And you know what? Music, believe it or not, and you may not believe this, but music is really a type of medicine for your soul. The body and the mind needs music. Uh, to me, music is uh, kind of like the Bible of the ear. Uh, my mother always used to tell me when I would be listening to music with her, and, uh, you, you know, we've had the conversation uh, on the background of music that I grew up listening to, and my mom would always tell me to listen to the lyrics. Go get the album jacket, and uh, most of them back then, you have the lyrics. Read the lyrics along with the song. And my mother always told me, it's a story. It's someone's story. And the way you become a lover of that song or that band is because in time you will know your own experiences and how they kind of intertwine with that one song. And then that will be your kind of musical wisdom to carry you through. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 it's all up to the listener, I believe, how they uh, take the music in and how they uh, push it back out uh, you know, to others to get, to get that same emotion or feeling out of the song that they enjoy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. So right now we're going to be listening to someone who knows a lot about the analog world. And, you know, I've been uh, listening to streaming music for as long as, you know, I mean, since it came onto the scene. And just recently have started to get into uh, listening to analog again. And I'm so glad I did. And I'll never leave it again because now I'm listening as I've never listened before. And I can catch those subtleties that were in those very high quality recordings. But which is better? Well, at the end of the day, both analog, digital worlds, um, it's, it's just based on preference. Mm -hmm. um, we can't tell you anything. However, because this is back to the 80s, we want you to do your best to introduce those things that we did back then to this newer generation. Don't let it get lost. This is back to the eighties. We'll be right back with special guests from the Anna dialogue channel on YouTube. Don't go away. You're listening to back to the eighties. Back, back to the eighties. Let me explain something to you. I am a vintage mass marketed children's toy from the eighties. This is Back to the 80s, and we are back. And as we mentioned to you before the break, we have a very special guest. And this guest has been one of the ones responsible for us here at Back to the 80s getting back into cassettes. Now, as you know, cassettes and vinyl were really, really big in the 80s. I know there's a, a comeback. There's been a resurgence in vinyl. But recently, meaning in the last few years, it's also started with cassettes again. And who better to talk about it than one of the most informative channels out there, Anna Dialogue on YouTube. Guido, thanks for joining us. I mean, like I said, you are one of the ones responsible for me getting back into cassettes. And 
I'm looking at uh, a cassette deck that I just got and also a bunch of cassettes. And uh, how does it feel to be responsible for getting people back into analog being in an era that is only streaming? Well, hi, Mario. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for hosting me here on this wonderful project back to the 80s, which sounds fantastic. So uh, as soon as you, you contact me, the, the, this, this idea, this concept, and, and it's cool that you're thinking also of this analog type of, of media. It's, it's really fantastic. So I'm, I'm really glad to be here, you guys. So yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm very glad, as I said before, to be guilty of getting you back <laughs> to, to learn about cassette. What made you get into the idea of getting a YouTube channel and talking about analog? Well, I must admit that I have always been a great fan of analog media. Although, growing up in the 90s, I did have my big CD moment. But uh, finally, with this resurgence, this vinyl revival, I decided, hey, well, that's my thing. Why not do a, a channel? just for fun, just to, just to try it out. I mean, I, I did a couple of videos, no visualizations, no nothing, no feedback. And all of a sudden, after six months of nothing, finally people started to, to be interested in what was, I was saying. Yeah, they started to catch on, right? Exactly. And after three years now, I have 30,000 subscribers, which is not, I mean, huge, but it's, it's good. I mean, I think it's, an, it's an, a decent result considering that we're talking about exactly cassettes, vinyl, et cetera. You know like what's that. interesting to me? That nowadays, I mean, if you talk to somebody who's like a, a teen and you tell them I have 30,000 followers to them, it's nothing. Exactly. But, <laughs> you know, in, in, in my age anyway, I start to think. Holy moly. When I was growing up, I had one friend, maybe two, three friends. Now you get thousands of people listening to you. I mean, that is Indeed. a big deal. So 30,000 people following and listening to you, man, uh, that, that has some weight to it. No, no, absolutely. I agree. And it's, it's fun because actually there, there's not that many people, perhaps in my community here around where I live in, in Italy, because I'm Italian. And finally, I, I can have a connection because it is actually a V-blog. I mean, I'm discussing, I'm presenting my passion. It's, I'm not doing this for work. Uh, so I, that's the, the luxury, we could say, of having a YouTube channel, doing it just for passion because I have my own job, et cetera, and other things going on. So that's absolutely, all the fun is there, nothing else. If you go to your channel or when yes. one goes to your channel, you realize that you have a lot of equipment that we haven't seen for a long time, but you seem to have everything that looks, although it looks retro, it also looks brand new. How do you manage to, uh, to, to achieve that? I mean, where do you, where do you go to, to get all these things that look new? Well, uh, probably I've just luck, I would say, because you, you just have to lurk around, wait for the right moment on eBay or other places on the web where a decent looking deck comes out or a reel-to-reel -reel recorder or other vintage gear. And especially if, if they're in good condition, working condition, apart from the aesthetics, that's something you have to grasp at that moment and, and go ahead. I mean, because there is this revival that's also bringing back equipment on the stores, on the shelves, or in, obviously on eBay. I've noticed that. And also places like uh, here in the United States, you know, secondhand stores, things that people have given away uh, like places that yes. are called like Goodwill here and, and uh, they're called thrift stores. Uh, yeah. People getting some great finds. Exactly. Well, maybe at thrift stores at decent prices online, unfortunately, ugh, 
prices are going up because yeah. a lot of people are getting interested in this. Well, and that's the downside, but the good side is that people are getting interested in this in this resurgence, analog resurgence, which is positive. I mean, we 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 stream too much, I think. If you were to talk to a younger person or even to somebody who's my age that grew up in the 80s listening to to vinyl and to cassettes that you know, it just happened throughout the changes of the decades. We ended up throwing out a lot of our stuff. And True. how do you talk to us and how do you talk to somebody who's younger and let them know, hey, take a look at this format because it's just something that you're not going to get. What, what do you have to say regarding that? Now, this is an excellent question because, as you said, I followed the same path. I mean, I got rid of my cassettes, sadly. I left that and I went with CDs all the way, unfortunately. And then slowly I crept back to, to vinyl. But then what happened? I mean, it's amazing because if we think about it, when we were using cassettes back in the 80s, and also obviously in the 90s, we were using low-quality cassettes because we were young. We didn't have that much money. We were recording off the radio. Again, not so good quality transmissions. There's also rumble there. Plus, we didn't have excellent decks, just normal decks at our, at our homes, at our houses. So if you put all these things together... Obviously, the quality wasn't that great, sadly. Plus, pre-recorded tapes aren't that amazing. We have to admit this. But if you get a quality cassette, for example, a chrome cassette, also known as Type 2, or a Type 4 cassette, also known as Metal Cassette, and you record that on a good deck, which now is affordable for us, which wasn't back in the 80s again, uh, you finally can record your music off, for example, if you want Spotify, but hopefully something better like Kobo's or, uh, I don't know, Tidal, things like that, which is high-resolution res- high audio, and you put it on a cassette, all of a sudden you have something high-quality and magical. That's the magic of analog. Something that I find very interesting is that the main complaint of people, even my age, that used to listen to this format is the hiss. We all remember the good old cassette hiss. (laughs) But I got to tell you something. Since I've gotten back into this and watching channels like yours, I've realized the truth in what you just said, which is a quality cassette deck and quality cassettes. Because I tell you something, I've been recording off streaming services and I listen back in the right uh, setting. And oh my goodness, I I get the chills because I'm going, oh my goodness, this is not how cassettes used to listen to, used to hear them. They weren't (laughs) like this before. I, I discovered them again. I have to admit this. I don't, I don't want to say, yes, I'm always there. I, I always bought cassettes in the 80s. No, I had to go back to this and understand the full potential, which also is part of this, of this analog revival, reel-to-reel cassettes, which is the best of the best in terms of magnetic tape. So, yes, I would say this to someone who, who starts getting close to this cassette culture, which is a, a, a new underground trend. Also, because a lot of independent artists now are publishing their work on cassettes. So it is something cool to do besides a, a vintage retro type of, of uh, nostalgic trend, we could say. I mean, it's not only that. I hope people understand that. And that is something very cool. How would you describe the cassette culture? Do you think it's it's actually going to have as much boost, you know, that same power uh, as as vinyl? Because the resurgence of vinyl is incredible. Some of some of these records are just so out of hand. Now they made it so out of hand in price, where exactly, now you go like, yeah. well, do I really want to spend, you know, True. 40, 50, 60, even $100 for one 
piece of vinyl. I know, I know. That's the downside, unfortunately. When the market is understanding that there's more people potentially interested, they're going to raise the, the prices. Okay, yes. But the difficult part, well, the, the short answer is no. It's, I don't think it's going to happen. Because the problem is that we do not have new decks, new Walkmans. We do have a few Walkmans, but the quality is so bad. So it's just useless to, to try and explore that. So if we don't have hardware, it's difficult that the software is going to get become bigger in sales and productions, etc. Yeah, I've noticed that uh, places like Amazon, they'll have, I believe there's two, I may be mistaken, but I believe there's two brands that are making new cassette decks, but <laughs> the quality is just, you don't compare it to the one from the 80s and 90s, especially exactly. what is called a three-head cassette deck, you know, or even the good quality two cassette decks from, from the 80s. Bravo, yes. Three-head cassettes, that's the best of the best. Also, because you can monitor while you're recording your music, for example. So yeah, absolutely. There isn't that much hardware, even on Amazon. Plus, if we think about it, even the, the magnetic heads that have to read the information on the oxide, on the tape, there's only a few production, a few houses, a few brands that are making these. And, and the mechanisms of cassette re- reading is only one in, in, I think, in China or Japan, somewhere like that, somewhere like that. And it's making the same type, very, very low quality for all the different little gizmos we find around, which sound terrible. Terrible, just terrible. So that's also unfortunately going to bring people far away from this resurgence. Absolutely. And and the fact that it's not portable, we've gotten so used to, cassettes are portable, but as far as the yeah. equipment, I mean, you could probably buy a brand new car stereo with a cassette deck, but it's not going to sound the greatest. So I can exactly. understand that. But another thing is, you know, vinyl, even though that's not portable, but you know, the, the sound, when you get a quality cassette, a quality cassette deck, and you and you compare it to vinyl, they sound very good. Although I still, I, you know, I've listened to some vinyl online on YouTube, and even with the compression that YouTube includes in it, oh my goodness, it's it's breathtaking. You hear stuff that you don't hear on streaming. <laughs> Absolutely true, true. And I hope a lot of people that maybe got close to this just as a, a something trendy did find a different quality and sound because uh, a lot of people we have to remind we have to remember this were born with streaming services like 10 15 years ago yeah. nothing physical not even in your because if you're if your dad for example or whoever you're living with doesn't have a a little stereo inside your home uh, even a cd player you're it's difficult you're not going to get close to that you're just going to meet your smartphone and start listening out of that and that's not a true experience. I'm sorry to say this, but it's good. It's you have to have that as well. I mean, if you have to work out, jogging, running around, no problem with that. But if you're interested in music, you have to experience vinyl or something similar. You know, uh, I think that one of the saddest things that has happened to this generation is that we have lost, as you said, the experience because it's more than just listening to music. And unfortunately, I think that as Kids start growing in this in this era with uh, this new culture of streaming. They have no idea of quality of music. They just know streaming and that's it. They don't get to really enjoy. Now, having said that, I do know that there are a few, and by a few, I know there's a group, even young people that are into analog, that do love the quality. Yep. So how can we get them more interested in listening to analog? That's a good question. Well, 
certainly not hiring the prices of vinyl. That's that's already something people should should keep in mind. Because I remember, for example, in the in the eighties and nineties when we tried to to buy things, the CDs, for example, costed way too much, and that's why cassettes went on all the way to the late nineties. So you need someone that brings you close to this and un- lets you understand it. it. Obviously, starting from the, 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 the physical feeling, uh, looking at something, touching it, uh, not just uh, listening to playlists. I did a video, in fact, where I describe, I know a lot of people hated me because I, it was almost like I was teaching how to listen, but I just wanted to transmit the idea, the concept, for example, of listening to an album and not a song from, on its own or worse in a playlist. Having an album is... It's giving also credit to the artist who had a concept that that would that studied the way the different um, the different songs and the whole the, the whole ensemble with the, with the lighter notes with the pictures and everything made his own artistic creation and we're losing that. There is a purpose to why the artist put out a complete album, right? Exactly. And I, and I think it's not like the mixtapes that we used to do in the past because that's our. You know, in the 80s and 90s, when you used to do a mixtape, that's our version <laughs> of streaming music, right? Uh, doing yes, a mixtape. True. But still, when we went out and we bought those cassettes or that vinyl, and we put, especially vinyl, you put that needle down, you don't want to be lifting it up and choosing songs. And you listen from beginning to end. And I think that this is something very important that you just said. We have lost that. Absolutely. Well, actually, yeah, I'm, I hope people will start to be interesting in this because it's a whole world behind it, as you can imagine, like in everything, mostly. But since music is so much and it's always been and it, would, it was all, it's always going to be, I think, part of our, our culture, our, our personal culture and world culture. It's it's just something to do to try to understand how an album is conceived touching it, looking at it, listening to the whole thing. You can do that also on Spotify, no problem. But not only, not only. And not doing something else possibly some, sometimes because that's also something that we're doing. Using mu- music as a background, doing something else. Good. And that's even yeah. more risky, I think. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Now, you mentioned that there are types of cassettes. Can we really get a quality a sounding cassette? Well, even type one, which is the normal cassette that we all can find, well, used back in the eighties and the nineties, obviously, but we can still find, for example, the classic Maxell R U R in on Amazon. They have they have that. It doesn't cost that much. You know, they also used to have it in Walgreens and things like that in in the U.S. Now I think they're they're trying to to remove that, unfortunately. So I don't know. We, ha- we it's it's not that easy to find them online. Yes, much more easy. And that's already a good cassette. No problem. You don't have to go and get the chrome cassettes, the metal cassettes, which cost indeed a little more, sometimes too much, even because they're not producing them anymore. The only cassettes in production are type one, which is the basic type. The special ones, you have to look for new old stock NOS, which you can find them on eBay. And people ask, obviously, crazy prices for them. So, but don't worry. Start with a normal cassette. Get a, a normal, decent deck, and I mean the the experience of creating, for example, mixtape. It's overwhelming sometimes. I mean, a lot of people just grab the computer and say, "Oh my god, I, I tried this that you were suggesting. It's so fun. It's so cool. I really feel an interaction with music. It's participating to it, which instead, and well, while you're streaming, it's very passive. 
Exactly. You know, I'm going to show you something now for our audience that's just listening. I'm about to show Guido a cassette that I, I bought a bunch uh -huh. of cassettes, right? So like I said, I'm back <laughs> into them. So let me show you what I've got in my hand. And Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, so that's one of the best there. Oh, is it XL2? really? Yeah. Oh, so I, I got that's my XL, <laughs> XL2s and I came to find out, you know, when I, when I was searching for them, I thought, oh my goodness. I don't remember them being this expensive back when I was I a know, kid. I know. But then again, I didn't shop around for these type. I didn't know. I had no idea because me either. Because nobody taught us, right? Nobody said, you know, we I mean, we thought that whenever we bought a cassette from the store, <laughs> we thought that that was the best sounding that it can get. We had no idea and it's not until me at age 48 that I'm learning that you can get a cassette, a good cassette with a good deck and make it sound as good as a CD. Absolutely. Even more. I mean, the frequency response of a, of a cassette can even surpass that of a CD if you know how to, what you're doing. So I've come to find that out, and which blows my mind. Indeed. Yeah. Exactly. Because, I mean, if, you're, if you start using, for example, in the right way, Dolby, Dolby C, Dolby B, or even DBX, if you're lucky to have a deck with DBX, the his it's gone. And the dynamic range, which is the loudest and the smallest peak in, in, in music, we could say, in, in, the, in the sound, are greatly enhanced. And there you go. I mean, you have a quality product that, again, we did not experience when we were young. But pre-recorded cassettes, we have, to, we have to remember this, aren't that good. I mean, because maybe a lot of people are saying, okay, I want to try this. Let's, let me buy, a, I don't know, a Rolling Stone cassettes cassette put it there on my deck oh, it's not that good actually that's the the, the downside of, of pre-recorded cassettes because they're dubbed very very fast and the quality isn't that good but yeah. if you get a blank cassette a virgin cassette and you put your own music or as you said from a streaming service a quality possibly streaming service at that point you're gonna have top-notch quality yeah and i've been learning this and and I'm, like i said i've been blown away i'm like a little kid with a brand new toy all over again especially because <laughs> i know the toy it's and uh it's so exciting because that's i've been doing this and now i'm getting kind of obsessed so i gotta stop so <laughs> we talked about the cassette types and uh would you recommend a, a certain tape deck from a certain era so rather than get a brand new one or just you know what just get what you can get your hands on or would you recommend 80s cassette decks or 90s cassette decks or you know what, what's your feedback on that good question well the pinnacle, the pinnacle, and this is objective, is the second part of the 80s. I mean, the quality of those decks is going to be unsurpassed because people are not going to start doing them again, unfortunately and sadly. So if you're already getting something from that era, you're, you're, you're set. No problem. Uh, the, the probably the best brands are going to be Nakamichi for those who are really interested and really want to get the Maxim, which is a historical brand from Japan, which made things like called the Nakamichi Dragon or the, um, I mean, they, they made incredible things, but those are a little too expensive. If we're talking about a basic set, even though there are Nakamichi basic sets and basic decks, so no problem with that. But even a, a, a good Sony, when Sony was an excellent brand. Sorry, yes. Sony, I have to say this. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've noticed Sony has dropped the ball quite a bit. It fell from what they were in the 80s. It has fallen quite a ways. Yes, indeed. In fact, even the Walkmans, I mean, a few a few types of Walkmans are just as good as, as decks. They're, they're, they're so amazingly conceived and produced and, and uh, optimized. So also Pioneer, for example, is a, is a great brand. Akai, 
techniques. But again, I mean, don't 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 wrap your mind around this. Just go for something of mid '80s, and you can't go wrong. Well, that's been great. And uh, lastly, let's talk about vinyl because vinyl is a format that the newer generation knows because they they say you know they hear the word sometimes record, but they don't really know what a record is. And when you say vinyl, they they think of plastic, <laughs> plain plastic. <laughs> so they have no idea. But vinyl. Um, talk to us a little bit about v the experience of vinyl and also um, if it's maybe a format to get into. Definitely. I mean, this is the this is the right moment, guys, because something else that we didn't have is the possibility to listen to, to, the, to an album before buying it. So head to Spotify. That's how I use Spotify. I just listen to a few seconds of, of the tracks. I see if I like it, and then I head and go my, get my nice little vinyl record or cassette sometimes if they do it. So that's already something very easy and helpful. And then, obviously, uh, thanks. If, if, I don't know if I can say all these brands uh, uh, here on air. You can say anything you want. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Amazon. Thank God we have Amazon also here in Italy. They deliver great, great albums in just no time. So obviously, that's probably the best source because there are not that many record shops anymore. That's also something good, something positive, the record store shop, even though that's also becoming a little too commercial, we could say. Now, do you guys have a lot of uh, maybe a few record stores in Italy or like where around you where you live? Well, yeah, I mean, in Florence, I live nearby Florence. There are like two or three, but they have mainly CDs, DVDs, uh, things like that. And a little bit of vinyl in a corner because it's trendy. And that's about it. I mean, there's not a, a turntable to try something out. There's not a, a, a guy in the shop who knows what he's talking about. So that's a little sad, I must admit. And that's why YouTube is helpful in this sense. Exactly. Or programs like yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is still back to the 80s. And that's one of the main reasons uh, that we're doing this. It's been great having you, Guido. And I hope that we can have you back on because one of these days we're going to have a whole program dedicated to the technical aspect of analog and i want you to come back if you're available of course wow sure absolutely thank you mario that would be fantastic now guido do me a favor because i know there's a lot of people who are interested in finding out more how do people get in touch if they want to watch your channel where do they go and how can they find you to to start learning <laughs> well just head to YouTube and write Anna Dialogue, which is obviously the combination of analog and dialogue. Yes, on, on YouTube, you're usually talking by yourself, but I like to, to, to entitle my channel uh, Analog Dialogue because I like to interact with people, especially with, with comments. And hopefully in the future, I will do also some live sessions, which is a little more difficult due to the, to the time, but we'll, we'll try to do that. Do you have an email uh, that they can send you some you know, mail, or would you rather him sure. have them go to your Facebook? Maybe. Sure. I mean, you can you can write me at Anna Dialogue um, at yahoo.com, for example, or you can find me on Facebook at just as well Anna Dialogue. It's very simple. You don't need brackets because my name is with the brackets, but no problem. You can just write Anna Dialogue and you'll find me. Hey Guido, before we go, what is your favorite music and band to have on cassette? Aha. Well. Okay, I have to spoil now the whole the whole program because I'm a '70s guy actually hey, in terms of music. <laughs> we love '70s. Hey, nothing wrong with '70s. Absolutely not. 
70s rock all the way baby probably i don't know dark side of the moon on a metal cassette that's probably the pinnacle oh that <laughs> the is best just, of the best that is beauty that is beauty in the making <laughs> once again thanks guido for for being on here with us this is back to the 80s we're going to come back with more madness with Toscano and chain don't go away You're listening to Back to the 80s. You are listening to Back to the 80s, letting you know that you can always find us here every single Friday and on Facebook all the time. We want to remind you to keep listening as we travel through very tough times here with the COVID-19 and other things that are getting closer in the month of November. We all know what those things are. So just be good humans to each other. Remember that. Be good to your family. Be good to yourself. Because at the end of the day, you deserve it. So from Toscano, I just want to say have a great week. We'll talk to you and listen to you next Friday. Chang here. Before I release you into this glorious weekend, I want you to remember to stay lifted and gifted. Remember to go out there and hug somebody. Always do something great for somebody that can't do for themselves. We're talking about the great era of the analog. It reminds me of a, a, a song by a great band, Rush. This song is from the album Signals, and this is the Analog Kid. And I will take you into this song as I say, Arrivederci, adios, hasta la vista, and orale to all my homies. Catch you next Friday. See ya.